What's up, podcast world? It's Rory Savage and Faded Inc., and we are officially going to give you guys an exclusive episode with a good friend, Ashley Peters. You need to follow her at The Stylist Abroad. Welcome her to the show. Thanks, Rory, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. So uh, you got a lot of questions. We're going to dive into, uh, <laughs> we're going to go into a journey. We're going to go into a lot of things that uh, people want to know. You have questions because you have uh, a path that you're trying to take right now yeah. and, and you're trying to plan it out and find out, you know, the do's and don'ts, things that, you know, you want to uh, focus on and you have a lot of great questions. Uh, we'll dive into all of that. So what do you want to know? Um, so I guess I have this idea of kind of doing something similar to what you've done with Faded Ink, but more in the side of like bridal and retreat and uh, think of something kind of Coachella-y, but bridal and like okay. b- health and body and hair well-being. So I came to you because I'd seen what you had created and mm-hmm. I wanted to, I guess, kind of pick your brain. So I wanted to find out first, I guess, how did this whole dream of yours start? I mean, it, it never was the same. I can't say this was like my plan from the beginning. I thought I was gonna be a regular you know, barber at first and I fell into education by accident. And then I, I decide I was asking myself, am I a barber or am I an educator? Just mm-hmm. recently, I was asking myself that because I wanted to focus and dive in on one. Uh, obviously, they both go hand in hand, but how do you allocate your time? To me, I think there's a lack of education, so I wanted mm-hmm. to, to share that. I wanted to give what I knew, and I wanted to learn. I, I was obsessed with learning, and I still am. So for me, I had to pick. You know, Just recently, I'm, <laughs> I was like, I- I'm going to be a full-time education I'm still going to keep my hands dirty. I'm going to still mm-hmm. cut my, my clientele, but that's going to be my focus because I wasn't sure what it was. Mm-hmm. When you say you're looking for uh, something similar to that I'm doing, with is it education-based? Is it service-based? What is it? For me, so I guess I want a space where people can do creative things mm-hmm. regarding hair and almost like, I guess, like living art. Like a building like, like this? Yeah, like some sort of a building. Almost like my husband joking refers to it as like a commune. And I say it's a compound because it's going to have like nice yeah. little like yeah. pretty buildings with, you know, like, I don't know, a place where you can go and have like the health of your hair with like masks and things and like a bridal type studio or like they could use the venue for things for whether it's actually an event or like education, but just like a wellness towards beauty and hair. So I guess when I saw what you were doing I, the only thing I can think of is like Rob Deirdre's Fantasy Factory. Yeah. But for barbering. <laughs> I was like, that's what I want. But for like boho and wellness and bridal. Okay. So I, I look, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm thinking about it. And it's to me, you need, you need a good deal of space. You yeah. got to find a commercial space. Mm-hmm. Um, does it matter if it's, are you looking for walk-in clientele? Are you looking, is it going to be more, uh, you, you already are set up for that? Or are you looking for traffic? I feel like it would be more like the clientele that you already have and uh-huh. other clientele would be more so like found via you know, social media or web-based. Still or growing. You still can take on people. people. Yeah, you can right. still take on people. You can still grow, but they're coming to you for like kind of a unique, specialized thing. Not necessarily just someone walking literally. And that's, the, that's the key and that I wanted to hit that point first. Um, you're a destination. Yeah. Meaning you're not in a strip mall. Yeah, <laughs> you're not waiting for people to walk by and like say, "Oh, I, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go in here." Yours is more exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's more private. It's yeah. it, it's more like uh, 
you know, experience. an experience. But the cool thing about it is it's multiple experiences that yep. people are not used to seeing. Yeah. In in a, in a one stop shop. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's a lot. I'm glad you 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 said that because I'm asking you these mm-hmm. questions so that I can figure out uh, which direction to to yeah. say. Yeah, you should go that mm-hmm. way or this way. This was not something that I initially wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I had the traditional blueprint. I'm going to open up a barbershop. Yeah. I'm going to have a bunch of chairs. I'm going to get a couple of solid guys. I'm going to help groom them, uh, feed them, give them you know, clientele, build that brand. You know, Have it in a location where it's really good location, right? Mm-hmm. Get foot traffic, get you know, uh, good parking, all this stuff. This is what I thought. And I had seen a lot of guys do that, and I've worked in shops like that. I've ran shops, mm-hmm. you know, before I became an educator. And I said, you know, obviously everybody thinks, like, I'm going to run it the right way. This, right. Is my <laughs> place. this is my place, right? And then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I only really trust my wife. Yeah. And she's not a liability. If anything, she's the, the life of what I do, right? Mm-hmm. She's the one that adds so much value in so many ways that I'm able to do what I do, right? Mm-hmm. So... Having that team, that partnership, her being in the industry was huge for me, right? So I was like, you know what? I trust her. Me and her need to get our own little studio. Me and her will work out together. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. We had a little tiny studio at first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the size of this room. It was like yeah. it was like a regular size room. And it was really made for one person. You squeezed her in. And she, yeah. sque- <laughs> she squeezed me in. She let me come in there and put a little table, like a little... Uh, table that you would have by the side of your couch mm-hmm. an end table okay no drawer no a, a wall mirror get this a wall mirror from like target like a yeah or like one of those you know z gallery mm-hmm. big mirror you know and my chair yeah and i i would cut there and like it was cramped like i'd, I'd turn <laughs> like, you don't need any space i would turn and my elbow would go right into the wall i'd <laughs> knock stuff over it was crazy we did that for about i want to say about a year almost maybe a little more than a year maybe right on the cusp of a year mm-hmm. and then a double suite opened up okay and we moved into that mm-hmm. so that was the next step right yeah. because we didn't i didn't know i was going to be doing this i had mm-hmm. i had no idea that was the next step we were there for like another two years and again you're in a space it was a, it was a sweet kind mm-hmm. of deal and so there was a lot of other um, sal- uh, salon owners or, mm-hmm. or estheticians, eyebrow people, yeah. you know, different little suites, right? The parking lot, the parking was terrible, you know, what we were paying, all these different yeah. factors, right? And so when this space that we're in today became available, mm-hmm. I jumped on it. It was the one of the hardest months of my life when I built this out, when we... When we left there, we ended, okay, April, <laughs> April of last year, okay. we ended our lease, mm-hmm. we had our daughter, Yeah. okay, so my wife was pregnant this whole time, okay, as this whole thing was about to unfold. Yeah, we as if there's sh- not enough stress. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we sold our condo, okay, <laughs> sold our condo, so now I have to move everything out of that condo, okay, we bought a townhouse, we had to go through the, the misery, the hell mm-hmm. of moving, of of no, just the process of buying a place and not even the moving part. I, the moving part was like manual labor, yeah, and chaos, you know, unorg, you know, whatever. But the going with the buyer and the, and the lender and the, you know all that, you know, process of the getting the mortgage mm-hmm. and the loan and 
all that stuff. That was like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, because we almost didn't get approved for something stupid that was mm -hmm. like a $5 charge on an account that we didn't even know about. <laughs> like, something dumb. But anyway, getting off topic, uh, we moved into the townhouse. We ended our lease of three years over at our other place, okay? We were increasing how much we had to pay by... I want to say over $700 a month more in rent, but we got a bigger space. Right. We had a space in here that we could work on. Mm -hmm. Walking in this um, second floor studio that we're in right now, it was an office space. Mm -hmm. It had carpet, this nasty gray walls you still see here. And in the other side where we have the education space yeah. was a dance studio. Oh, huh. And they had these rubber floors, you mm -hmm. know, I, I had to get those out. We had um, a little tiny little box stage that guys would, uh, a guy would get up there and like control his dance crew, or whatever, <laughs> his dance students, right? And that was on that side. On this side, there was a wall right here mm -hmm. and no plumbing for, for salon. Like you saw my, yeah. uh, Dina's uh, salon side mm -hmm. sink that was put in. This wall was knocked out. We put a... a, a a sliding glass door, but we couldn't fit it up the stairs. It was too big to bring it up the stairs, so we had to open up the uh, subfloor and oh bring God. and bring it in through there the subfloor. Put that in. We spent about twelve thousand dollars on our flooring mm -hmm. by putting down the hardwood yeah. laminate that you see right there. Building out the stage, mm -hmm. you know, so that we can host education. Yeah. Installing floor outlets so that people can plug their tools in and hands-on classes. Uh, and outlets around the outside yeah. of the room. Bought a bunch of seating. Uh, got two flat screens in there. Yeah. And this is all... I'm doing all this as my wife's getting ready to deliver, you know, <laughs> our, our youngest, which was insane. So, built out this room, painted it, put up mm -hmm. all my barber museum antiques. That's yeah. what I like. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I'm into. Cool. Got my office space. Kept this kind of like the original uh, building with the carpet that we still have and uh now we have a space where we can do what we want we don't need anything yeah we don't need nothing yeah we want to we want to create opportunities in the dc area we can do that mm -hmm. we don't have to work for a company to do that mm -hmm. we don't have to play the corporate game anymore mm -hmm. social media helps with that right You're right levels our playing field yeah um so your question was when did this all start yeah i don't think it's started yet i feel like it's, it's always evolving i feel like it's a process like yeah. I, I put on my uh instagram the other day respect the fucking process mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people resonate with that because it's not instant like people no. think you you have to work at it over and over and over and then you're not done even if you think all right now i got the studio yeah it's not always another this is just the beginning yeah putting in the work that comes along with the dream and the vision is the real that's the real process that's the real thing right yeah. that's the meat did I answer your question? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, I, I think it's definitely one of those where it's like the dream is probably forever like evolving. Yeah. And then once you get yourself in a new situation, maybe it's not the same dream that you started with, but maybe it's better. And maybe it's yeah. going in a new direction. It's a it's living kind of for navigate. me. It's it's, a, it's not binary. It's no. a living, breathing thing because yeah. we change. Yeah. Right. I, I think a lot of what you were talking about in in your goals. Yeah. Is um like that. Mm -hmm. Because you're 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 encompassing a lot of different areas, 
but it's a destination mm-hmm. for it, it's ex, it's like a club. It's like an yeah. exclusive place, right? Yeah. And you you're like the uh, the caretaker of that. Mm-hmm. You're you're the one who's uh, putting that forward. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> no, that was awesome. Cause I'm, I'm I get excited every day. I I, I you know this is this is my truth. Mm-hmm. This is not a, a job for me that I I wake up and I'm like, you know, wait until I get off and not happy. I I value this and put balance on this just like I do my family. Mm-hmm. It's not like a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. Or they don't believe that they can do what they want. Yeah. So they work somewhere else, hating life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, for me, I definitely think. I'm kind of still navigating it. I definitely kind of fell in love with like the bridal world because when, actually when I was in school and you were there, I was kind of doing some bridal things. And honestly I entered it because I was like, this is really good pay for minimum amount of hours. Like it's ridiculous. My wife does a lot of bridal stuff. Love it. She loves it. And then it's great money. After being there at the weddings though, like being in the suite with them and everything else, it was like those really sweet moments that like you get privileged to see mm-hmm. that I found myself more and more so like falling in love genuinely with weddings and with wow. brides. And at one point I was just like, I really love this. Like this doesn't work. Like I really love weddings. I don't care if I've seen the same like card, you know, display case thing from Pinterest stay? a bajillion times. Do Depends. You, do you, I was going to say, Sometimes. Cause, cause it's like, it's not that cool. Like, brides can make it difficult. Yeah. Bridesmaids and people that are not even, it's not even their day can make it difficult. I have a bridezilla clause. Not even joking. It's Be- in the contract. It's in the contract. Bridezilla <laughs> clause. Because we had, you know, like, they, they exist. Yeah. But we had it so that way if someone, like, they, they know when they're a bridezilla. Yeah, you set the standard. As, as soon as you set the standard and they see that, yeah. either they're like, okay, I'm going to stay in line. I like that. I'm going to tell Dina they, to have that. As I say, <laughs> or they don't book with you, which some people could say that's, that's bad, but it's like, it's not worth my headache. And so all of my brides are super chill. I've actually only had like one time when like the mom was a little, a little extra and I was just like, okay, look, like not all money's good money, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That clause is crucial. And if they don't want to go with you because of that, I mean, all better my brides for you. Are super chill. Makes I it love open. it. Yeah. And it's, a se- <laughs> it's seasonal, but how long is the season for that? Here, the season's like April through like November. Wow. Now October, I mean, June used to be like the biggest month and now yeah. it's like October. Okay. And there's still people, because it's D.C., you'll get more of, like, the glam, I guess, kind of weddings, like, glam vintage. And so you'll have a lot of, like, the New Year's Eve weddings. Like, that's a big thing. You should definitely talk to Dina about um, what she does and how you guys can work yeah. together. Because she has a lot of insight in that world as well. Yeah. You know, she does a lot of weddings. She's, I mean, I can't even, she's probably done over 50 weddings oh, yeah. this year alone. And um, I think it's insane. But, again, she loves that kind mm-hmm. of work. It's not for me. Yeah. It doesn't have to be for me, right? Um, and, you know, so uh, what, what was the other question that you had? I know you have a bunch um, of them. So we kind of covered a few of them all on that. Um, what do you wish you would have known then that you know now when you were in the process of manifesting this whole thing? Uh, it's hard to say, man, because you can't, you can't really regret things or you can't, like, look back and say if I, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, yeah. right? But um, I definitely think if I if I had to do it again, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. What would I do different? Yeah. Uh, or what would I capitalize yeah. on? Yeah. As I say, even like logistical like things where you're like, oh, it would have been easier had I done I don't know this order or this way versus you know the other. Uh, 
I would say, all right, so before, when, all right, real real talk, I came here from Jersey. I had nobody, yeah. no clientele, so I'm yeah. not from here. So it took me a while to build that, mm-hmm. right? And I, as an, I, I became an educator right away when I, when I first moved mm-hmm. here. I moved here in 2006. So I became an educator at Paul Mitchell right, okay. o- right away. It was it was on accident. I yeah. didn't even know that was gonna happen. Yeah. Like I tripped into into that position. Uh, flags, otherwise I wouldn't have met you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was put it just give you a paint a picture of of my perspective and my mindset at that age. Yeah. I was I wasn't exposed to the hair industry on the level that I know it now. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm 38 now. This was back when I was 28. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. No. 26. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. I was a lot younger. So when I first got into the hair world, and and this was before social media was really big. Yeah. There was YouTube, kind of, like, mm-hmm. starting out, but it, this is before all that. I worked for Paul Mitchell, but how I got into it, I came down here. Uh, I was in the military. Mm-hmm. I was in the Navy. I had a top-secret clearance. I came down here to do contracting, yeah. just like every other person in our yeah. area, right? <laughs> Civilian contractor, ex-military, whatever. Uh, I was waiting on my clearance to reactivate. Uh, or check the status of it if it, if it was still act, um, good. I was shopping my resume, and I was driving a forklift loading trucks in a warehouse. <laughs> I wasn't even cutting hair when I first got here. Yeah. For about a month, I applied to. <laughs> I've never told anybody this. I applied to cartoon cuts. Mm-hmm. And I I figured I could just I I can cut kids' hair. I can cut anybody's yeah. hair. Uh, I'm I'm barber for over you know so many years. L- let me just get a quick job so I can make money instead of driving a forklift. Right? Yeah, and I knew I could make more money doing service. They didn't hire me. They they, they didn't even call me back. <laughs> Think imagine that. I I got turned down by cartoon cuts. Okay, 2006. I what do you call it? I went to Tyson's Corner Mall. I was shopping in the mall. I saw the Paul Mitchell sign. Mm-hmm. Now mind you, I had graduated from Paul Mitchell. Right out of the Navy, I went to, I, after a while, you know, there was a whole backstory with that. I, I was a homegrown mm-hmm. Paul Mitchell graduate, right? But when I came to Virginia, I didn't think I was going to cut hair anymore. I was going to be a contractor. One of my friends lived down here. He was doing that from the Navy. So here I am, walking through Tyson's Corner. I see the Paul Mitchell sign. I said, ah, I'm going to go in and buy some sh- yeah. shampoo. Maybe some, you know, shaping cream or something. And I walk in, and it's a beauty school. And this is decked out. This is yeah. like one of the nicer schools, like they brand new. Right away, the admissions leader comes up. She gives, <laughs> she's like, "Hey, let me show you around. Let me give you a tour of our school." They, they it was their first class. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any. Oh, they okay. had like maybe thirty students at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, they had just opened up. They gave me a tour. At the end of the tour, they said, "What do you think about our school?" I said, "Man, this is a lot nicer than the school I graduated from." They're like, "What do you mean? I graduated <laughs> from Paul Mitchell. Where? New Jersey." one of the first schools, uh, Parisian Beauty Academy, right? And so she's like, well, what do you do? I said, I'm a barber. I cut men's hair. She's like, we don't have anybody that can teach that. <laughs> she's like, can you come in and like do a demo for us? And I went in on a Monday morning. I pulled up one of the students up on stage, one of the future professionals. All the all, Everybody's all terrified because <laughs> guest artists are, you know, yeah. they're intimidating. You know, you don't know. What, are they good? Are they going to mess you up? Um, I cut his hair and they went crazy. They offered me a job. They said, come in Monday. I came in. I went through their program. I didn't have enough hours. Get this. Oh, I didn't have okay. enough hours. So I had to do another 300 hours. So I was working mm-hmm. in training. And then I was taking class at night. Huh. And I would do 300 hours. I took my written test, took my practical test, 
got my license for Virginia in 2006. Took my instructor test, got my instructor license. Went through all the levels of Paul Mitchell certification. And the reason why I bring all that up is because I was naive back then. I had no idea that it, even though it was a beauty industry, even though it was a beauty school, or mm-hmm. you know, it was just like this crazy world I didn't know about. It was still a corporation. It was still a yeah. business. Yeah. It was still about money. It was still about you know risk and mm-hmm. and there was definitely a uh, counterculture. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. The a corporate kind of culture yeah. that I didn't I didn't see at first. So maybe if I would have seen that earlier, uh, I would have made better choices on on how I uh, operated or how I, you know, put myself out there or well, a lot of things, my image or whatever the thing case may be because I was rough around the edges when I first came, right? I, uh, it took I me a while. I don't think you, I mean, when I saw you, I don't think you were rough around the what edges. What year was that? Uh, like 15, 14, something like that, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, but you're talking, that's like seven years. Yeah. No, it was 2006, so you're talking almost uh, nine years. Yeah. Later. I mean, I don't think that you were rough around the edges. I think you were different from a lot of the other people there. But that being said, since I started my schooling in California, to me, I thought it was refreshing because I felt like you were one of the more authentic people. Um, thank you. No, <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I, I appreciate that. No, this is the thing I'm trying to say is like I, I was a lot older in my life, yeah. so I calmed down a lot. Yeah. And I, I you know, became a father and, you know, I, I, now I'm married. I have three kids yeah you know I'm in a different place in my life so I look at business I learned a lot along Mm -hmm. those years so it's hard for me to say what I would do different I think that would be what I would do different is um you know mature a little faster yeah because I feel like I was I've been doing this for a long time and I'm always the type of person when people look at me from the outside they see me as somebody that's doing something or moving forward and doing a lot of things I don't see myself like that. I see myself as I need to do more. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. Like people think I'm busy and I'm doing what I what I need to do. I think I'm behind. Yeah. Oh, it, Which is probably what makes you pushes. indirectly, yeah, pushes you and makes you more successful because you don't have. I don't say you don't have enough, but like you're pushing yourself to the next level. Where other people would be like, oh, okay, you're good. I'm definitely driven. Yeah. And I don't think I'm moving fast enough. Yeah. And I and I come and then the other day and this is new to me. Like things change them i have these revelations every so often mm-hmm. of patience yeah process you know do things right don't rush mm-hmm. things don't get ahead of yourself get out of your own way yeah kind of thing let somebody that knows that area help you mm-hmm. don't try to do it all yeah all these kind of things right but um you got it yeah 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 no i think that's good um I wanted to ask, I guess, were there any, I guess, books or podcasts or videos that you found to be helpful along the way? Because, I guess, like, as someone in, like, the hair industry, and then also, like, as you were building, like, this... Podcasts right now um, are something that I really enjoy Mm -hmm. because I'm just tapping into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before podcasts, though, like, I had a lot of great mentors. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Paul Mitchell culture. Yeah. You know, you have John Paul DeJoria, you have Wynn Claybaugh. Wynn is a great friend of mine. Yeah. Wynn, to me, was one of... I, I, I attribute Wynn and his culture within the school saving me. Yeah. Saving me from myself, saving me from uh, my old self, or, you know, just mm-hmm. uh, things that uh, can can hold you back, right? Yeah. 
So those mentors, and, I, and there's a ton of them, I picked up a lot of what they said, you know, and I looked at icons in our industry, mm -hmm. mostly in the salon world, because think about it, I'm a barber, but the barber world, only as of lately, has really like... Had, now you start seeing people that are, are, are uh, mm -hmm. standing out that are educators and mm -hmm. motivators and, you know, people that are industry leaders. That didn't happen yeah. back when... I was I got a lot of this from the beauty world mm -hmm. and I still do I think it's one world but to answer your question Gary Ratner yeah you know Gary yeah this guy is an amazing dad first and foremost amazing boss okay I don't work for him anymore but when I did mm -hmm. amazing boss took care of his team all of his employees has a ton of things going on but he he pulled me aside in a couple different occasions and one of the times he pulled me aside, he gave me this uh, CD called Lead the Field, okay. Acres and Diamonds, uh, Acres of Diamonds by Earl Nightingale. Mm -hmm. Write him down. Okay. Earl Nightingale. It was like a three-disc audio set. I'm sure they have a podcast for it now or something. You could probably get it for free. You know, just search it. Earl Nightingale. He was the original. And the best thing I took away from him is a ton of, ton of mm -hmm. knowledge, right? A lot of things you hear all the time. Uh, but the best thing that I took from him was treat every person that you meet as the most important person in the world. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, you'll never have any problems because you're you're putting others first, right? Mm -hmm. What does John Paul DeJoria say? When we put other people first, success will follow, yeah. right? Uh, successful people do all the things that unsuccessful people are not willing to do, mm -hmm. right? Though I, That stuck with me. Win Claybaugh, be nice or else, right? Yeah. And these are just people you know of, right? Yeah. Um, Earl Nightingale, you didn't know about, but Gary V. Yeah. I love Gary V. stuff. Mm -hmm. I think Gary V. If I would have heard him ten years ago, I'd probably. I, who knows where I would be right now, right? right? Gary, what makes him special is he cuts through it and just gives out the truth. He's not looking for anything, but by doing that, he gains everything. Mm -hmm. And then also he predicts things that are happening because he analyzes what's happening now and what's going to happen in the next few years. Mm -hmm. So he's a really interesting one for me because he's current, right? right? In fact, he's ahead. Yeah. Right? If some would argue he's ahead. Mm -hmm. So he's a great one if you haven't listened to him. Uh Gary V. Yeah, shout out to him. Uh actually, I cut one of the guys that works with him and you want to yeah. hear a quick little story on yeah. how he got uh, that job? He worked for free oh. for almost I would say a year, maybe over a year mm -hmm. and just showed up he said i want to come work for you he's like be in my office at 6 30 a.m monday morning here's a guy from virginia goes to new york shows up works not knowing mm -hmm. what's gonna happen for over a year okay sacrifices each you know shit gary says yeah and now he's doing really well because he he showed what he can do he showed that he wanted it he believed over you know the instant gratification right? mm -hmm. or the money or whatever and now he's living his best life. Yeah. Right? So those are a couple people that I looked up to. Um, I'm always looking for good stuff. I pick up stuff from people that are not even in the motivational or podcast mm -hmm. world. I cut a lot of people that are CFOs and CEOs mm -hmm. and, and different industries or just people that are great parents. Yeah. You know, I, I pull inspiration and I pull a lot of uh, mentorship or insight from a lot of different people, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of my guests, a lot of the guys that sit in my chair, yeah, you know, or just people that I gravitate towards, or people that are like us. Like, um, 
the Hanzo educators. I just came yeah. back from Dallas. I'm learning stuff like crazy, you know, things that I didn't know, things that I kind of knew, but now I understand better, mm -hmm. you know, things that um, I didn't think maybe were important that I realize now they're super important, yeah. right? Got it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. You kind of talk about like what was the hardest part about just, I guess, all the craziness all happening at once and everything. I feel like we kind of... I mean, yeah, doing all that in this same time frame was insane. I don't yeah. recommend that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we saw the space, mm -hmm. like for to get back to like what we where we're at today, right? Yeah. Um, Faded Dream Studios is here because Dina and I both have something to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Not only with service, mm -hmm. but our network. Right. Especially she was a Paul Mitchell educator, I was a Paul Mitchell educator, but then I left and I did a lot of other education, right? And I met everybody. I know everybody. Hair World's small. Yeah. And I see a lot of old faces that used to be Paul Mitchell that are other places and like, you know, mm -hmm. all these different brands. But the point I'm trying to make is you had to go to a hair show in New York mm -hmm. or Orlando or yeah. Chicago. You know, there's nothing. National Harbor, no offense. That's small. not, no. it's not, it's small. Yeah. So there's not, the point I'm trying to make is there's not a lot of hair education or right here uh, tools and all that stuff right here in the DMV no. right here so I said to myself you know what I know everybody why not and I love being in that environment yeah. I love to learn why not bring why, my friends here yeah. yeah why don't I bring them here and then make a place where people know that they can come here for that yeah right if they want to mm -hmm. um, so we started with a bigger space a lot of overhead mm-hmm and we have to figure out ways to make money to support that, right? Right. So you need to figure out a plan as far as how you're going to cover the bills. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really important. I don't know your situation with uh, how much you've saved or what you want to spend, but just know that there is definitely a lot of cost associated yeah. <laughs> with having yeah. a studio <laughs> like this. However, when you get it well run, you're going to make money. Yeah, and there's a lot of reward. To me, money is, is, is important. But it's not the focus. Mm -hmm. It's a byproduct of what your focus is. Mm -hmm. So if I'm cutting hair, right? Yeah. I'm doing bridal hair or photos or social media or whatever it is. Uh, that's my focus. Yeah. The money is associated to that. That comes with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are caught up on the money aspect and they hold themselves back because of that. Right. Social media, like we live in an age of social media. Yeah. So how do you how do you put your brand out there? You know, I learned a lot of stuff from some influencers, bloggers, you know, people that have repost pages, uh, people who study marketing, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook, all these different avenues. I got LinkedIn. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm starting to get into the LinkedIn. Like I like I kind of like LinkedIn. Like mm -hmm. because when you're doing this, like say I want to book a class in let's say Boise, mm -hmm. Idaho, right? Well, maybe I have some people in Boise. Maybe I don't. I can go on LinkedIn. And, and find people I, in Boise. Now I can I can cut through all the front desk people, the lower management, mm -hmm. upper management. I can go right to the decision maker yeah. through LinkedIn. Right? That's what social media has given us. It's like it dropped down all the walls, all the barriers. Everyone's accessible now. Everyone's accessible if you want it. Mm -hmm. Right? If you look for it. I do research. Right? Um, I've learned even yesterday. You know, I'm going to start booking things in different locations um, just because I want to go out to different places. I have an awesome uh, platform. I have a couple different endorsements that mm -hmm. help 
but I didn't always have that. Right. I used to cut hair and not know anything about it, and I didn't even cut hair with scissors. Yeah. You know, back in the day. So there's a whole evolution of, you know, yeah, it's barbering, but do you understand why you're cutting mm-hmm. hair, right? Yeah. Um, do you know how to do it in every aspect, every fashion, every tool, every situation? Yeah. Right? Or are you just good at one one, little, one, one demographic, yeah. one little area, right? Yeah. Same thing for you. Yeah. You know, you're using you're taking classes. Mm-hmm. You're learning different braids and pinup styles and editorial stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I see your work. Yeah. Any, you have any other questions, um, brand about. or... Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, I guess, kind of tying with the social media as to, like, what have you done, I guess, to really brand yourself, especially, like, on social media? It's, you know, it's funny. Some people look at the followers, right? Mm-hmm. And some people have 100,000 followers, million followers, 10,000 followers, whatever it is. And people think and associate followers to success mm-hmm. or likes to success to me social media is nothing more than a tool to showcase whatever you want to use it for if you want to use it professionally it's a tool for that if you want to use it for personal it's a tool for that yeah right so i started an instagram page in the beginning to put out work because i didn't have clientele mm-hmm. this is how i started it. yeah so when i came up with faded ink i didn't have i knew that i was going to cut some people Mm-hmm. And I knew if I took pictures of those people, I could get some more people to get cut. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. So my earlier posts, they weren't that great. It was just like posts of before and afters and stuff like that. It wasn't like, you know, education. I didn't post anything on that. Right. It wasn't like my daughter. I didn't put anything like mm-hmm. that. At that point, I looked at Instagram as a platform in the beginning as a lookbook. Mm-hmm. Right? This is my work. I was against putting any family stuff, any personal stuff on there. Because when I first used it, I used it as a tool to gain clientele. I wasn't built. Yeah. Right? In fact, I jumped in too early. Because here I am as an educator for ten over 10 years, mm-hmm. coming out and getting behind the chair again because people asked me to. And I, I, had, I got that itch. Yeah. And then I was kind of getting away from the, the Tyson's Corner commute, the 9 mm-hmm. to 5. And I was like, let me focus on my art. Because like, I ran logistics and sales. Yeah. I did a whole other world of the hair industry when I worked at the school. Yeah. I was an educator at the school, but then I did sales and logistics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, towards the end. So I wanted to get back into the art of it. And I, that's when Instagram kind of first started out. And um, my earlier stuff was just trying to get people to believe I could cut their hair mm-hmm. well. Right? I was selling yeah. selling my service. Yeah. Then I became from one day to two day to three day to four day to five day booked. And then one week to two week to three week to four week to eight week booked, right? Then it got overwhelming because that's all I was doing. Anytime I tried to go into education, it was tough to manage. To balance everyone and fit it in. Fit in the clientele. It's still a struggle for me today, but I I don't rely on an app to do that. I'm very personal with it. Mm -hmm. So I don't use a booking app. Yeah. I don't use a book. uh, Even my calendar for education, it's not through any kind of app. Mm -hmm. It's my calendar on my phone. Yeah. Anybody that has a service with me, I confirm personally through text, making sure. Things mm-hmm. change. I don't care. Yeah. And I juggle all that, and I've got a routine that I do. So there's a system that I follow to, to be able to handle my life, as well as personal life. Right. So my <laughs> calendar, and I see Dina's calendar, mm-hmm. too. So um, that keeps us on track. That's yeah. huge. Then what happened was I started to gain more following on Instagram, right? Because I started doing more education. Right. So I was in more places. 
-hmm. I was with Paul Mitchell in Vegas and all these, the California, all these different places, you know? And I was utilizing social media when a lot of people weren't. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got a little head start on people. And then what happened with Instagram? They had all these like robots and like all these yeah. fake followers and buy followers and all of that. So like a lot of people got all these pumped up numbers. Right. right. Um, so a lot of guys shot up way past me. Right. And then Instagram like kicked them all off. And a yeah. lot of guys dropped down overnight. It was crazy. I lost a bunch of people I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so uh that was like the earlier days where you can only do certain things. Now they're giving us, you know, you have the IGTV, the story. They're competing with Snapchat, right? right? They, they got bought out by Facebook. You know, there's more tools and it's it's more advanced now, right? Uh, people are taking better photos now. They're putting out more, you know, vivid content, more. Maybe they're putting out different things. Now it's like merging into, you know, now you got people that are posting pictures of motivation, as well yeah. as their haircuts. Yeah. Or they're putting in things that are on their story that's like goofy and day-to-day stuff, like almost like Snapchat. So there's a, you know, now you're going from like teenagers. It's not just one thing now. It's like it's a whole world right. in and of itself. It, 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 it kind of, yeah, it kind of is like a virus. It, it grew all over the world, right? Yeah. Spread out all over the world. That's what I was saying earlier. The walls came down. There's no mm. more borders. Yeah. You can get to wherever. You don't have to work for a corporation for 30 years and pray yeah. that they're going to help you get somewhere you can do that for yourself right Mm -hmm. now right now yeah like not yesterday from your phone right now Mm -hmm. so that was a game changer and and it's it's like i was telling you earlier it's almost like a job in itself yeah social media by no it's data analytics it's you Mm -hmm. you're you're putting out something you're like how did it do why did it do well why did so-and-so's do better what are they doing different how can i be better you know did i didn't know that this so is another feature. Details. Did I update my app? Yeah. Why do they have, how come they can swipe up on theirs and I can't on mine? Yeah. How many followers do I need? Like, why do they have a blue check? Like, it just started growing into this thing, right? And then, you know, look at the people that are on YouTube. Mm-hmm. This is the problem I have with YouTube. Are you ready for this? Okay. Anybody with a camera can put on. and a pair of shears <laughs> can put out a video and say, this is, this is how to cut. Yeah. This is my education. So what happens? There's a lot of noise yeah. all over the internet that is like, people think that's how to do things. They mm-hmm. assume, they watch a couple YouTube videos, now they can do it, Yep. right? Well, if you're watching the right videos and you're super awesome, then yes. <laughs> if you are watching just a couple videos and you're trying to do it, you're going to do it, you're going to fail, you're going to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you give up when you shouldn't have, right? I don't know. I I have an issue with uh, the noise. So, yeah, I want to put out quality video content. I'm going to start putting out a lot of free content mm-hmm. on how to do certain things that I think are important. Just because I want people to get it. Yeah. Um, that's the easy part. Putting in the work day in, day out. Cutting, 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 cutting. That's the hard part. People forget that. They think, yeah. oh, I, just because you have the knowledge, you got to put the knowledge to use. You got to put it to yeah. work. Right? Um. So that's where I'm at with it now. I think it's a lot of the cool things depending on what you do. Like, what do you what do you see you doing uh, online that you want to improve or that you that is working for you? So for me, I post. I mean, I was in a salon and I was posting kind of a balance between like traditional hair work and like a lot of blonding, a lot of colors, and the bridal. And then since then, I've been posting like much more of the bridal and the styling because. 
even when I was in school, my ultimate goal was to do things that were more on like the editorial side and indirectly I kind of fell into the bridal side just because, you know, like I fell in love with it. Right. So I've been posting much more of that because that's why I want people to see. And like you were kind of saying with the clientele, some of my posts are definitely geared to, I guess, create this like amazing fantasy for potential brides to be like, oh, I want that too. Yeah. And booking. And then other aspects, I am trying to create more of like that brand but then I have been doing, um, I guess, going live or trying to do the things with like the IGTV of like tutorials as to how to do a simple updo. Yeah. Because for me personally, like I started braiding because I hated how my hair looked when I was going hiking, like in a ponytail. I thought I looked stupid in photos. Is this for, hold on, so is this for like the average person or for somebody that's a stylist? A bit of both. A bit of both. A okay, bit of cool. both. So like some of the braids, it's, I think like the average person can do it. All right. But the stylist would know how to incorporate that braid into, like, an updo. And so you put those up on YouTube? Yeah. I'll put it on the, oh, YouTube or, like, uh, the, uh, the Instagram TV. Or I'll do it where I'll go live. And then sometimes I'll take the live video and put it onto, like, YouTube or something. Okay. And what was the response? What did you, what happened? So my biggest issue is finding the timing. Like, finding the correct timing and, like, reaching the audience. Because everyone who's watched it has loved it. But are you tagging it? Is it getting reposted? I've, t I've been tagging it. Um, some of it's gotten reposted, cool. like the photos, but like the videos haven't as much. But yeah, like I think my biggest thing is like trying to get it out there to people. Yeah. Because I think it's good stuff to share and everyone seems to like it. Yeah. And everything I'll try to ask people like, well, what do you want to see? Because, you know, what we think is easy or is a good thing to show. Maybe other people are like wanting to see something else. Right. And so, like, all that's been good. It's just the matter of, like, kind of almost, like, getting through the noise. Because there's so many people on there of, like, how do you make sure that your work well, is even, being seen? Well, even your own followers that you have mm -hmm. don't get to see your stuff. Oh, yeah. Because they it gets weird. pushed down the feed. It yeah. gets pushed down. So, I mean, YouTube is really interesting. Um, I think, I don't know how that works. Is I think it, it's more search engine. Yeah. Like, people are looking for certain things. And then, depending on how many... Uh, videos are in that category as to where they see it on the page right and everything else yeah um so yeah the, that being said uh you gotta you gotta keep putting in the work you gotta engage with other people mm -hmm. that are that are doing it successfully yeah and you have to collaborate with other people as well mm -hmm. that kind of helps grow because think about your your following and who you are Think about what their following is and where they are, and then the other, all the other people around that, and then combine that. Right. And then that's how you can propel oh. a, a little bit higher. It takes time. I think it's uh, you have to be good. Yeah. I mean, you have to be super good. Yeah. Right. And then you have to put in the effort to push it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I struggle with. You know, I think every a lot of people yeah. do. Uh, so keep keep doing those different things. Definitely look out for what's try to see the similarities of what's successful, successful with others like what they are doing and try to figure out if you can kind of see and pinpoint the cop like the commonality the, yeah, yeah what's that common ground and then try to apply some of that test it right yeah yeah it's definitely been interesting navigating it and i think it's gotten better like as time i guess has progressed and kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't work right and because i think social media in general i think is is constantly changing you know, and evolving, and you know, it's kind of like its own living organism. You have to keep like adapting to it. It's a living, breathing thing. It's a full time job. I mean, that it's just, it's crazy. You have to be a data analyst 
or have a, a person that works directly with you yeah. that that's all they do, right? If you're not, a lot of people are not savvy in it, but they get people that are to help mm-hmm. them. People pay tons of money to for to, someone to help them. Just yeah. like a, a company would pay yeah. an advertising company to market their brand, it's the same thing only from our you know mm-hmm. our phone, you know. Yeah, yeah and and it takes time. How long you been at it? So I, mean, I really didn't start putting a whole lot of work into my social media until I guess I really I was like graduating school. It's so like 2016 ish. Okay. And like I was posting really then just like straight up hair photos, but then I've gone back through and like archived so many of them because now like you know looking back I'm like some of those photos weren't that great photos or mm. the angle or like the lighting was weird yeah. or like you know just something that looked it looked non-professional. Well, you become OCD. Yeah. You see every little detail. It doesn't fit fit my grid. It doesn't fit the color. And so like, I've gone through and like redone that. But I really think like, I guess like hardcore fine tuning it. Um, yeah. Like maybe the last like six to nine months. Okay. Once I think the big, and have you seen results from that? I've definitely seen positive results. I think the turning point for me was when they work with a bridal company and then I also do my own weddings and obviously when I work the company, I only get a cut. Whereas if I do my own, it's all me. Right. Once I started seeing some brides coming to me, having not even heard of the company, yeah, I was like, I need to take advantage of this because yeah. I'm missing out on so many other opportunities because you know somebody didn't see it, yeah, or something, yeah. And so I think that was kind of like referrals is huge in your industry. Yep. And and in mm-hmm. in my industry as well, but like specifically weddings. Yep. Because that's a set date. Yeah. You know, they just can't come in any time. Yeah, typically not repeat clients. Sometimes but... <laughs> you'll have two people that want that same weekend, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that's happened yeah. to you. But yeah, the, the social media of putting it out there. So whatever it is you're trying to, this just remember this. Whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, keep that in mind as a reflection, right? So mm-hmm. whatever you're putting out there, it's got to reflect that. So if you if you want to do if you want to gain brides, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to put out something that's gonna attract brides. Yeah. If you want to do you know drive people to know that you are a destination for all these things. I don't know what you're planning as far as your space. Maybe the the brides come in and and it's like all done there. Yeah. Versus if if you can, maybe mm-hmm. it has to be on location because you know people get married in all these different places. Yeah. Um. Obviously trials would mm-hmm. be held there, but then you said the spa. Yeah. You have all that. So maybe you want to figure out how you can uh, also let people know about that. Yeah. Or whatever it is that you have. Like for me, I'm not looking for service. I'm built on the service end. Mm-hmm. I have all this. I'm overwhelmed with the service end. I, you know, For me, I want people to understand Faded Dream Studios is a place where we have education, continued education from all aspects of our barber and beauty industry and beyond. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm focused yeah. on. And I'm growing myself as a brand with Faded Ink and the things that I do just so that I can have uh, more people, uh, I'm not bored at, bored with just people in our area. I can have people from all over. Coming. And I love the industry. I'm addicted to just the, the, the things that we do uh, collectively. I notice common out, I, I, I noticed things that were similar between hair educators and hairstylists and, and people that work in the industry, you know, aside from you know, uh, the actual job, but like-minded, cool people, mm-hmm. right? These are my people, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I like being around that. Like I, like I said, I just came back from a training mm-hmm. and I love everybody in that training. Yeah. You know, these, these are the people that, this is like the tribe that you, this is my tribe. Around. Yeah. yeah. Bring them here yeah. and get the education here. And... So that's why I do the outside education. Yeah. Um, 
and I thought about it too. It's like in service, you're limited to the amount of years you can do service. Mm-hmm. With education, you know, you can be up there. You, I don't have to be able. My hands could be crippled, yeah. and I could still I can teach, still right? <laughs> So it's more longevity. I think about my kids, like mm-hmm. how long how long I can provide for them or what am I going to, I think down the line, big picture. Yeah. I'm a big picture guy and I'm very day-to-day. Yeah. But I'm always, the big picture is the leader and the day-to-day is like, you know, am I getting enough done with the 24 hours that I have? To make that. To, to yeah. make sure that's taken care of. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm ever there. Like there's a lot of people think they're there. Yeah. And I don't think there is a there. And I feel like if you think you're there... You're dead. Then, you, then you're... Yeah, you're done. Fucking like you, dead. Yeah. You're, you're not going to grow more. You're not going to evolve anymore. Yeah. Like, if you yeah. if you think you're done, it's kind of, I don't know, like the final shot. Well, um, I hope I... Did, yeah. did you have any other things you got? Did I cover everything? Yeah. Did I give you enough? I think you did. <laughs> um, no, I, mean, I was going to ask you, like, where do you see, like, you know, the whole studio going next? Like... So, as you're saying, like how it evolves, like, I, what do you see the future as? I want it to be known in our area for for quality education, um, especially for the hair industry. That's that's mm-hmm. those are like I said, my tribe, and I also want to be able to have a place where it's not common. It's it's different. Like we do things on by the beat of our own drum. Yeah, you know, it's not kind. It's more chill. Mm-hmm. I always say I'm an East Coast guy with a West Coast state of yeah. mind. I'm more chill. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I grew up here, but I have that laid back West Coast kind of state of mind. I'm I'm progressive, right? Yeah. So I want I want my place to to be cool for others, but it's selfish reasons too. Like I yeah. like I like this. This yeah. is this is why I have it, right? Yeah. And my clients, my my uh, my loyal people that come get services all the time. They love it. Shit, they could probably cut hair from all mm-hmm. the stuff that I tell them, <laughs> right? And I love getting them involved as models and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's cool. I've had a lot of cool people, you know, model for classes, and they get to see the whole mm-hmm. education side and the, the crazy hair world side yeah. <laughs> instead of just getting a cut for 30 minutes or whatever. They get to sit there for an hour and a half and listen to our industry, and they're blown away. They, they want to yeah. <laughs> yeah, quit their jobs and, like, start cutting hair, you know? But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, down the line, I think... You got to be, a lot of things are going to change in our world um, as far as jobs, but they can't take our job. Yeah. Artists, we're, artists are going to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, the jobs that can be done with, you know, self-driving vehicles and computers yeah. and, you know, no more banks. You know, we're going to only have ATMs and all this kind of craziness, yeah. right? That's going to change and mess a lot of people up. But I think if you, you're you looking down the line, you got to stay involved and, and ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Ashley, uh, for coming in. I hope I answered everything. And this is an awesome podcast, Faded Podcast. We're going to have a lot of guests, and we just had an awesome one. Give it up for the stylist abroad. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes.